Yep. Aloha, this is Clint Hansen with Maui Luxury Real Estate, and you're listening to Maui Real Estate Radio on the KAOI Radio Group. I have my co-host, which is Byron Yap. Byron, introduce yourself. Good afternoon, Byron Yap with American Savings Bank. In the well, I run the residential home loan division on Maui for American Savings Bank. Yeah, baby, you're back at ASB. All right. Yep. <laughs> Any new changes? I mean, what are your buy-down options right now? Well, I think the big thing we have going on, we're getting closer to uh, six uh, below 6%. You know, our first-time homebuyer program, Huge. we're at, uh, today I priced it out, we're at 6.125. So we may, that's with zero points. So if we bought it down, you could be in the five. So we're getting back down again. All right. And then one of the things I was really excited about talking to everybody today is now we have a new division uh, and a, uh, of Aloha Rental Management, and that is Kevin Watkins. He's now on our team. Kevin, introduce yourself. Aloha, I'm Kevin Watkins. Um, I just uh, started working with Clint uh, just this year right after the fires, but we've worked together. We've created Aloha Rental Management. There's so many things going on in the community for, you know, there, there's such a demand for housing, right? And there's so many cultural movements. There's so much going on in that area. You know, we have 3,000 homes burned down, sadly, in the Lahaina fires. And I think it's 27 homes in Kula. And yeah. we have, we, we had a housing crisis before this, and so working together with Clint, I'm new to the team, but I'm spearheading this new division, Aloha Rental Management. And we've done so much just from getting started. Uh, we've got our uh, all of our stuff put together. We're at the front runners for getting contracts with the government to work directly with FEMA and represent homeowners. We've got homeowners coming in. I have a background in uh, sustainability. I've been working in programs with my other businesses and with other communities, um, other local businesses, other local communities, working on sustainability and housing is just really becoming this root problem that 100%. needs to be addressed to help everything else. And that's really actually how we connected. We, you know, we were originally talking and meeting uh, at my paintball field because uh, we were going to be running an event out there. And I got to learn about all the sustainable work that he's been doing and his community outreach. And then, of course, the fire happened thereafter. And uh, since we were discussing and talking about the best way forward, uh, we really felt that getting people, you know, to rent out their properties to fire victims was the best way to go about it. And right now it makes just all the sense in the world because Bill 131 uh, allows people to either have their vacant properties be rented out long term and they get massive tax benefits and huge protections, massive deposits. Um, and then in addition to that, getting people to convert their vacation rental property from vacation rental into a long-term property temporarily, you know, uh, they can get a, those same tax benefits, paying zero property tax during that period of time and the same massive, you know, $20,000 plus deposits. Um, so we, we've worked really hard. In fact, we're the only people on island. Uh, there's, there's three other companies. They're all mainland companies that can work with FEMA. And we went through the process to be, you know, one of these government contractors. You want to talk about that a little bit? I would. So um, I was in the, the meeting just earlier today. And um, 
you know, a lot of what I can share is about semantics. And I have a lot of criticism to bring to about how we got from since day one of the fire to how these three property management companies got the contract. Um, I have some information uh, that I'd like to share about that is at no point in any public media, and I did a big jump on this. I used AI to also help me search. There was never any public announcement, whether from the state or from the county to say, hey, we're looking for a property management company to work together with FEMA for this program. Basically, it rolled out from behind closed doors and we have these three mainland companies um, and they did a presentation and their leaders were there on the west side today, December 21st, the winter solstice. They were there today. They were answering questions. They were doing a good job about being present. However, we got to this point where we have three mainland companies that have these exclusive FEMA contracts. And at no point was it ever posted in any of our mainstream media, the Maui Now News, the Maui Times, any government communication, didn't hear anything from RAM or, or HAR, right? Mm -hmm. They never put out anything saying, hey, we're looking for local real estate companies to facilitate this. And I'm in this meeting today, and there were a lot of real estate management companies. I feel like there was a lot of STVRs, right? Because that's the demand is they're asking STVRs to convert into long term. Mm -hmm. So you had a lot of these STVR property management companies, which represent cumulatively probably thousands of people. Each company, probably in the hundreds, cumulatively between the dozens of people in the room, representing thousands of homeowners. And, you know, uh, they're trying to convert these STVRs into long-term rentals. And these STVR property management companies are very concerned that they're going to be cut out of the loop. Yeah. Right? All these long-term property management companies, you know, I can't tell you how many times I heard today that they had no idea about Sam.gov. Yeah. Uh, right? Actually, the funny thing is I was talking to Francesca, and she is one of the people who've been bidding on uh, getting tiny homes and emergency shelters in place. And we were sitting in and talking to the Maui County uh, uh, you know, emergency housing uh, uh, center. I forget what the name of the, the section is. But when we were having this private meeting uh, with just a limited number of people, uh, they were saying, oh, well, have you put your bid in? And she had no idea that that was available, you know, and that's literally after months of calling, we got this, finally got this meeting set up. So it, it is an important aspect uh, of what we do. The fact that we are local on island and able to, uh, you know, basically guard a prince uh, to protect the property, to make sure that it's properly being managed and monitored. Uh, that was kind of our our, our biggest concern going forward is, you know, th that we're hearing from these property owners is that they would love to go forward. But I mean, this is everything that they have. This is their, their, their accumulation of their life savings, you know, their, their future, uh, that they see on Maui is, is it's, it's their, for each generation, it's for the boomers, it's their retirement income for yeah. Gen X. It's a big investment, a leap they took in a good market. Um, and for the younger generation, maybe they're willing to move off island and help some community member um, at their own expense and go live somewhere else. And mm -hmm. all of these things were said in this meeting. 
And between the three property management companies, there's no consensus. There were several times during that meeting where the head representative of FEMA had to come in while the the, the speakers were getting grilled, um, well, not grilled, questioned heavily um, by, uh, <laughs> by community members, property management, um, business owners, and, and homeowners. And they were coming in and they were asking hard questions. And there were several times they couldn't answer those questions. And then the, the FEMA rep had to come in and give, you know, and had to give that information because these property management companies from the mainland, you know, they're all flying by the seat of their shorts. And, you know, and we can understand that um, if you look at the history if, if, the, from watching the presentation and and whatever, um, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say that uh, Lima, Charlie Lima, Lima Charlie, I forget which one it is. Lima Charlie. Um, Lima Charlie. They gave the best presentation in the couple minutes they had the microphone. They have a military background. They worked in disaster zones. Um, they really, to me, seem like the best people to work with. Other um, than us. <laughs> other than us. Well, and yeah. and for us, with our current standing, um, we're working with them more than anybody else because yeah. they're efficient, they're fast, and they have a great mindset. Um, the other two companies really did not provide a lot of information. And then Lee and Charlie did get third in the lineup to present, and I think they did get to see – that the first two presenters really dropped the ball on sharing information. And these military guys came in and they're like, we're going to tell you what you need to know. And they did a really great presentation. And then with the relationships we've been building with Aloha Rental Management and these three other property management FEMA companies, Lima Charlie has been the most responsive and the easiest to work with. Um, mm -hmm. Fedcology just got back to me today after emailing them and calling them four or five days ago. Um, working with uh, Aesthetic Home Investments, I've tried, I've been having conversations with them, but there's big divisions in the time talking. And part of that is my contact was actually presenting today. So she lost 24 hours um, flying over from the East Coast all the way over to the islands. And so she was basically unavailable for 48 hours. She was Did you find traveling yourself, for 24 uh... hours. Did you find yourself in that meeting, like answering a lot of questions for people since you were one of the local, the only local? Um, so what they had in the meeting setup is the chat was completely closed, but they had the Q&A open. And in the Q&A, I was submitting questions right out the gate. Um, but as stuff was coming up, um, I would just keep asking questions, but they don't really have a comment section, right? And so I was just basically using the Q&A, and then I would answer questions by presenting that information before I asked the next question. So they didn't do a really good model for the chat. Yeah. So um, they were really good about responding to the people there in person, but for all the people online, um, they said, we're going to get back to you later is essentially the long story short. What was great is a lot of questions that I had and I put up um were asked and but there was also a lot of i i i put in literally 18 questions into the chat 
Um, and these I got directly from homeowners we're already working with. Well, and before I was asking those for questions specific. specifically, like, what are you seeing, Byron, from the outside? Like, what is your thought on this whole? Well, I, I, okay, so I, I, I'm putting myself in the fire victim, and I, that's why my my question was to both of you, or even to Kenny, whoever wants to answer is. You know, I, I'm seeing in the paper, I'm seeing everywhere that people that were in the hotels are now getting, you know, relocated. They're saying, hey, you can't stay anymore, the fire victims. So my question to both of you or one of you is, okay, I'm one of those people or my friend is getting evicted, taken out of his hotel. What do they need to do? Are you a service they come to for those next steps? You know, you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of confusion out there. Can you help break it down or explain it so the listeners can hear? Absolutely. Absolutely. So here's the distinction and here's and here's the distinction is if you are a displaced person from the west side fires you have been assigned a fema number and you have a fema designation that short term living in the hotels that is operated by red cross so we do not deal with the red cross red cross deals with the hotels in the county we don't deal with them we deal with fema fema has two different programs available for leasing properties. So one of them is basically it's short-term vacation rental conversion. And the other one is long-term conversion. And just specifically for fire victims. That's as I understand from everything I heard today and everything I've been working on for weeks. So that Red Cross program, everybody that we're able to help through the FEMA program is going to have a FEMA number if they're in the hotels, that means they have a FEMA number, right? Even though it's run by Red Cross, that's one of the qualifying factors. Um, we're trying to find housing for those people with homeowners, right? So we're working with that. We can work with that. So homeowners, you have a property, one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom, four bedroom. They have a list of prices, but every property is different. What you get can be a lot different. Your bedroom could be... Um, 100 square feet or your bedroom could be 400 square feet you can't do a one size fits all and i think they did a really good job in today's meeting explaining to people that we can't give you we can give you a range but we can't give you a hard number because no property is the same across yeah. the board and because so they really respond to homes are, are significantly more valuable than you know uh, a two-bedroom condo or even a three-bedroom condo across the street you know, two-bedroom condo on the ocean versus, you know, uh, a two-bedroom condo somewhere else, you know, and, and that's why it's important to reach out to us so that we can do the negotiations with FEMA and explain to them. Since we have local knowledge and understanding of how uh, property values and rent values work, we can give them the understanding of, uh, you know, fair rents from that ability to convert from a vacation rental to a long-term or vice versa on a long-term property. Right. And so regardless of where the homeowner stands, you know, the original question is how are we, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but the original question, how are we dealing with transitioning all of the displaced people from hotels into long-term housing? Right. Well, yeah. And yeah. My question would be is part of that is, or the main question, because people ask me all the time is, okay, I don't have a place to go. Where's my next direction? I have this FEMA number. Do I just call you? What, what does someone do? Because it's so confusing out there. Help clear up the air for someone. So I love to say that. They can call us. That's what we're doing. Yeah. They can call us because there's three different 
you know, FEMA approved currently property management companies. We're in the queue. I grilled them a long time today. It's like, why are there no local property management companies in there? You guys just went and executed this. We covered this earlier in the in the show, right? That this just kind of rolled out and now we're all responding. Well, from what I was listening today, there's a lot of property management companies in the room and Aloha Property Management. I feel like we're three, if not five steps ahead of everybody else on the island. Just from the questions that they were answer they were asking. And that I knew the answer to those questions. I know that we're steps ahead. And what we do is, let's just play it out. You're a homeowner. There's this program. You want to help somebody, right? Which of the three are you going to call? Are you going to play a game of roulette? No. Call us. We will negotiate with all three of those companies until we become parallel to them. But in the meantime, we'll just work with those three of them. That's another thing to digest and break apart. But in the meantime, I have re- I have created the relationships with the three different companies, Fedcology. Uh, I keep calling it AHI because <laughs> AHI means tuna, and that's their acronym is AHI. And Aesthetic Home Investments is a mouthful, but I call it AHI. So there's AHI, Fedcology, and then uh, Lima Charlie. Lima Charlie so far has been the most responsive, and then from their presentation today um, – I think that that's the best team, most equipped. Um, I've only talked to representatives over the phone, and they've been great. They've been the most responsive from my personal experience. And then from their presentation, they have a um, they're, a lot of their team has a military background. And mm. so they're all about getting the mission done. They said that in their presentation. That really resonated for what we need in this emergency situation. So, so mostly uh, – well, we do, it, it, you know, if there's people that are specifically looking for a place because they're worried of, of having something available, still the best thing you can do is talk to FEMA. You know, sometimes there's people that, are, you know, that are working with FEMA already and they have, uh, you know, there's a property owner that knows them and wants to take care of them. We can, you know, work on forming that relationship so that the property owner feels secure about having a particular fire victim in their property because that sense of familiarity. Uh, but more important, we have that ability to inspect and make sure the property is properly maintained throughout the course of their stay there. The one question I still have is, you know, a lot of them are talking, of course, one year agreements, 18 months, things of that nature. But what happens if somebody only wants to rent their place like for three months, six months, nine months? Like, is that something that's negotiable? So that was in the meeting today, and the current program, as is, is a minimum of 12 months, and that's recognizing creating stability for the displaced um, community members, you know, holistic health, right? They got to have at least 12 months. They've already had with how they've responded to the disaster that they're moving every week. Some of them are moving. Some of them have been able to stay in the same hotel the whole time. But that's few and far between. It's been a lot of room jumping and sort of tetrising and people don't have stability. And so part of creating equity for our community is the FEMA program says a minimum of 12 months. And I think that's a good decision. You know, mm-hmm. a year to get your feet underneath you, get back to work. You don't have to worry about rents. You don't have to worry about utilities. You just get to make sure you're taking care of your kids and you you get to you get to have the bandwidth to be part of everything that's going on when you're not moving from a hotel room week to week. So that's me taking what's your, what's an empathetic perspective, perspective for like, the tenants. 
what's your plan, you know, in the thoughts of uh, protecting property owners? It just really to make them feel secure about the fact that they're putting the most important investment in their life, you know, in the hands of long-term renters, where previously they were able to check on the property constantly in between different short-term renters. I mean, how do you calm or quell their fears? So that's why we are our organization, uh, Aloha Rental Management, is these three off-island companies, they didn't provide great, uh, they said, oh, we have people on island, but who are these people? They're people that they flew over here. And even though a couple of them that flew over here, they said, we've been over here for two months and we feel connected to the community. That's not the same thing as our company, which has, you know, what is it, over 30 years of real yeah, estate experience. <laughs> so yeah, I'm uh, not trying to throw you under the bus for how old you no, are. No, no. So I, yeah, I've had my license for 22 years. Uh, my mom's had her license for, I think, geez, 46 years, 47 years now. My dad's had his for 40 years. So combined, we have over 100 years of uh, family experience in the business, you know? Right. And so homeowners working together with these three sort of exclusive companies that somehow got the contracts firsthand. And I can understand where that comes from. That's a different conversation, how they got those contracts. Cause I've done government contract for a few years. Mm -hmm. um, but these three people got the contracts. That's the fact these three organizations. Um, I think uh, I, the bottom line is, is that they're not excluding local property management companies from working with them that was a big message that came from today is these three organizations are trying to subcontract with local companies yeah right i'm a i'm happy to subcontract that's what we're doing right now that's how we're helping but if we can cut out these mainland companies that's removing a step and that's also saving our taxpayer dollars um, and that's, uh, you know, cause we, what we're doing is we're the direct representative of homeowners and it's a giant headache trying to juggle between these three official FEMA companies. And if they sign on with us, they want to join in with us and work with us. We're going to handle that. We're the intermediary. They don't have to deal with negotiating between three companies and trying to figure out what's the best deal and who does this and what's the different, cause there's no uniformity. Right. And that's the, that's just the nature of the real estate market is every property is different and it needs to be negotiated. And you have, you're negotiating with somebody on the phone that hasn't seen the property, that's just asking questions, that doesn't know the regions. And you're trying to negotiate values with people that are disconnected. And there, and on each team, there's dozens of people on each team that are in a call center somewhere. They don't know the community. They don't know the value of your property. They don't, understand that there that it's uh, you know somebody that works in wailuku um but lived on the west side may value a property more for in wailuku because yeah. it's closer to their work or vice versa for the resorts in kihei or or so forth right you understand these dynamics and so in this meeting today one of the things that came out and they confirmed is that if a homeowner has a displaced victim of their choice that has their FEMA number, you can actually do that. That is allowed. But however, they do not have the infrastructure built yet for that. 
They're figuring it out right now. So it's a good thing. So they said they we started talking about this two weeks ago, and we're working on building that right now. And so the the you know because there's homeowners and property managers there, and they gave very personal, um, very good examples of the of of this exact kind of situation. And you know FEMA, the FEMA people, not the property management companies, the FEMA people came in and said they're like, yes, we understand. The problem is, is it becomes to a, you know, an ethical, more of a civil rights issue is if you let everybody pick and choose whatever. So, but here's the thing, here's the difference. If you have somebody you choose that, you know, that's not a civil rights issue. You're not discriminating. You just made the connection for them. Mm -hmm. If you're like, let me see the pool of people and let me pick and choose. That's a civil rights issue. Well, this is one of the things that's different. I think a lot of people don't realize um, and is when you're renting, you're renting to FEMA. You're not renting to the individual that's staying in your unit. And that's specifically designed to offer more insulation and protection. Um, you know, having that, it basically ensures that they are abiding by a set of rules, you know, without having to you know, many people would be fearful, you know, what we've seen individuals that go into a property and, you know, they start chain smoking or whatnot. You know, if they're violating the rules, they, you know, do not have squatters rights. You know, they do not have those uh, same means of basically holding up in there for months and months. You know, if they're specifically breaking the lease rules or uh, HOA rules for a place, they need to be transferred into another location that suits them better as opposed to being a burden on the property owner as well as uh, the HOA. So this is a good bit of information. I'm glad you brought that up is, um, and this works across, but the HOA is a great example. If there are property rules, HOAs are very official. They have very set rules. If those violations are broken, you do not, that tenant can be evicted and that tenant doesn't and this is where it's very confusing because there were people asking today, hey, are you following under the normal homeowner tenants' rights about mandatory periods of eviction, whatever? Um, but here's the thing is I feel like from everything I've read so far, and I could be wrong, disclaimer, disclaimer, but because the property management company is the tenant and they're putting an occupant in, that means that they don't have the rights as a tenant because they're just an occupant. Yep. So if you have somebody violate your HOA rules, you don't have to wait 45 days and go through the eviction process. That person can be removed and they're plugged back into the FEMA program. However, at the same time, if you have that 18-month lease or 12-month lease with FEMA, that lease is still intact. So this is what's good about that is if you have a bad tenant, you can get rid of them, but you can still be part of the program and they're going to put somebody else back in. And, and more importantly, your property is going to be well protected. I mean, they have how much is it? $20,000? So there's a 20000 fund. As I understand right now, and I could be wrong, but this is my most up-to-date information. So um, 
instead of getting a deposit in a classical contract where, you know, in Hawaii we have rents, you can't do first, last, and deposit. You can only do first and deposit. So instead of a classical program where you do, in Hawaii, a first and deposit, instead of the deposit, they have a $20,000 damages and repair fund. So if there's any damages and repairs to the property during the length of the contract, there's a $20,000 allotment for damages and repairs. Yeah. And there's, of course, normal wear and tear that happens on units, which is common. That doesn't fall under damage. But it's something that's important that using us is we're there to inspect and make sure the property is properly being taken care of during that time. Exactly. And one of the things I'm actively investigating, and this is one of our homeowners that asked this question, is, is there any funds for furnishing a place? Let's say they just remodeled their home, and is there funds for furnishing? And then in today's presentations, it said, yes, there is funds. And so when I heard that information, I, you know, shotgunned it to all of the companies, and I asked for details about that. And I haven't heard any response from them. They're all actually there in person right now. They're probably dealing with the massive influx they got from today's event. So I'm respecting that their hard work is paying off right now. And they're not quite getting around to responding to us. This is why we need to also be another seat at the table and why these three off-island companies. And I know that two of the people that were there today presenting, they just had to fly over and they were unavailable for 24 hours with flying from the East Coast all the way over here into the Pacific Islands. Yeah. Right? So my point of contacts were unavailable, and then they're unavailable again during a presentation. Right home. <laughs> it's like I'm talking to the right people, but <laughs> the problem is is that they're off-island, and that's why we need to be their equals and not a sub. Yeah. It's, it's also any... Go ahead. Sorry, is there any limitation, like if I'm a fire victim looking for a place, is there limitations to what I should be looking at, how much, or is that handled by you all? You know, I, I'm trying to think about the victims, you know, a lot of them don't know what to do next steps, you know, like, you know, is there a budget, you know, how does that work out? So from the victim's perspective, if they have a FEMA identification number, and then I want to come back to if they are one of those people that doesn't have a FEMA identification number, there are other programs available right. because of this. And there's great people working on that and just name drop CNHA right now. They're doing so much great stuff. They're catching the people falling through the cracks for whatever reason. They couldn't provide their address or they're getting boned by their insurance company as a homeowner. Um, there's, there's multiple other programs out there. I want to circle around to that and I just want to make sure we address that. But for a displaced person, if they have a FEMA number, working together with us, we take care of everything. We They can come, and this is how we can make a shortcut as well, is they can come onto our platform and they can fill out a, a, a rental application. And we can then take part of that rental application is we get their FEMA number. And then we can take care of all of the hard work instead of these individuals having to call all these people and deal with FEMA. We're working directly with these three different companies until we become the fourth one. We're working directly with them. We have the FEMA information of the tenants. 
and we're able to get them placement quicker and easier so that they can continue working, taking their kids to school, um, you know, and uh, healing from this traumatic, crazy event. So that's what we can do on the tenant side. On the homeowner side, we do the same thing. The homeowners don't have to deal with talking to these three different companies and dealing with FEMA. We have centralized that. We've built a platform that we can take care of both sides at the same time. We're that middleman. We're also an authority, and that's one of the nice factors of this. I mean, we're there to make sure that they understand the proper value of a particular location. You know, without that kind of buffer, they're, you know, kind of trying to throw the same answer to every property and it just doesn't work. You know, there's unique situations to, you know, each set of um, either unit, the condos or homes or multiplexes. So that's why it's really important to work through a company like us. Now the platform is the website. Is it like, how do, when you say platform right now, if they want to reach out, um, you want to give them uh, your phone number and the email that we're using. Yeah, so it's just aloha rental management at gmail.com. Um, the technological platform we use is Buildium. Um, it's been around for a long time. It's really savvy stuff. Um, it's got a, it, I mean, the tenant will have an app as a tenant to report anything that goes on. The homeowner has an app to report anything that goes on. And then there's so much more to unpack on that, but let's just stay focused on like, it's got tenant support and it's got homeowner support. Unpacking mm-hmm. homeowner support, if the homeowner has their favorite electrician, their plumber, um, their pool guy, whatever, that all can be plugged in through the platform. Um, and if they don't need it, then that's fine. And they can do business as usual. But if they're like, oh, um, I need something. I don't have an electrician. My electrician moved off island. We... Our platform is being built to have a pool of electricians. So we're not just, we're really doing something revolutionary here because not only are we ahead of the curve on all of the other property management companies locally for having our SAM.gov registration, not just our level one, but into our level two, which allows you to get this contract with FEMA, right? But at the same time, we have the technological platforms to make everything manageable from this little pocket computer we all carry every day. Your, our <laughs> cell phones, uh, you know, we run off of apps. We run off of phones. We have really built and designed a system um, with the, the launch of this company to make everything as seamless and streamlined and as simple as possible for both ends of the spectrum. For, and what I really want to make sure that we spell for the out. the homeowner and the tenant. The one thing I want to really spell out, though, and make sure you understand is while we, you know, we have our FEMA approval, the regis- the differences is our registration process, you know, as we've been going through for a couple of weeks now, filling out the appropriate paperwork is literally they is just a two day process. So we will have it. It's not a question of if it's a, it's this Friday will be there. So we're already working in conjunction with these companies and FEMA to get people into the appropriate places and negotiating the proper values. So I, I just want to make that distinction so that people understand that we are FEMA approved. We just haven't fully registered yet. 
Well, is that FEMA hasn't opened up the registration process yet. Yeah. Like, even though our information is there, yeah. they got these three. They're running off of these three. Um, from a couple conversations in the room from today's meeting, we're not the only property management company that's like, hey, why isn't a local company in there? And they're like, oh, well, the it opens back up uh, when it opens back up to get you guys included. And I've been calling the FEMA officials, the SAMGov officials. I've been staying so on top of it. Um, some of them give me feedback saying, like, you're the first local company we've heard from. And then I get another one telling me, oh, we have a dozen companies trying to work with us, but they haven't done their paperwork. So we've mm -hmm. done our paperwork. We've gotten all of that covered. We have a great team of people. Um, you know, it's an established uh a real estate company got a great team of local people right here in Maui and some team on Oahu. We are That's really right. the best solution for local property owners. If you own property on Maui, you want to be part of helping our displaced people and you own property here. Um, I honestly can come out and say we're the best team to work with because so, we're working with everybody. We're, we're working with everybody and we're streamlining it for the homeowner to make it simple. And just to reiterate, we do actually also have a satellite over on Oahu. A lot of people don't realize that, but Aloha Rental Management, um, you know, we're uh, and Maui Luxury Real Estate. We're a family organization. You know, I'm not as big a fan of Maui Luxury Real Estate for the name of a company. And I've been petitioning to change it since we made it, you know, long, long ago. But nonetheless, uh, we have uh, Gladys and Scott Barron and her family over on Oahu. They were actually team here on Maui and they moved over and they loved working with us. They maintain their license um, and uh, work exclusively on uh, Oahu. So actually, no, not exclusively. She does come to Maui to serve some of her clients, but they also do property management as well. So, you know, if, if this is not just for FEMA, you know, if you're looking for um, somebody to manage your property, we can actually help you on both Oahu and Maui um, for a variety of services, of course, not just the FEMA. There was a question that Byron asked that I wanted to address earlier, and it was something that came up in the meeting today, is that the distinction for the specific FEMA contracts, so these aren't the other organizations, but specifically for the FEMA direct lease, um, is that it's within 40 miles of Lahaina. Mm -hmm. And so I petitioned today, I sent emails out today, to every rep uh, at the federal, state, and county level that I have in my contacts. And I said, can we change this to island-wide? Because one of the things that's been really sad is I have um, displaced people and homeowners. that I have homeowners in Hana and Haiku that say, hey, I've got this property. I would love to help people out. They can come out here. And then I've got tenants saying, hey, if I'm not in Lahaina, I'd like to be in Paia or Haiku. I want to be on the North Shore. They, for some reason, they don't like Kihei. That's another local trash talking story. We're not going to waste time <laughs> on the radio show. Kihei, you know, sunny West side is the best side, you know, like, you know, and so we've got West siders that say, hey, well, if my home burned down, what part of the island would I want to live on? And everybody's going to have a different opinion. But the program 
only goes in a 40-mile radius of Lahaina. And I'm not sure if it's a central point they go off of. I'm not sure how they make that metric. If it's whatever is the most external point of the area of Lahaina, and it's 40 miles in any direction, right? But my proposition that I put out and I blasted during this meeting, you know, I'm listening to them present and inspired and blasted all the emails I could out was, why don't we make this available island-wide? Because there's so many cultural um uh, there's so many locals that have family and culture in other parts of the island and they have their families are already hosting them you know it's like oh you live on you live in you live in Lahaina and I live in Hana and you guys come out here whenever we want and whenever we want we go out and visit you well Lahaina burned down and they've been putting them up out there but now they want to be part of this program and get you know, some compensation for helping out the community and they're outside of the range. There was also somebody in the meeting today that they're like, oh, I'm in Wailea and my property dials in at 44 miles. And he's like, I've got a two bedroom, two bath. Uh, The rates are right in the FEMA rates. Um, But because I'm outside of that 40 mile range being so far south, um, they don't qualify. And so there really needs to be this level of, and I did put this out, like I said, I blasted it, I put it to FEMA, I put it to the county reps, I put it to the state people that I have in my my email chains, you know, that I can blast to. It's like, you need uh, to, and I sent it to FEMA as well, you need to expand it to not just be a 40 mile, I understand how they made that metric, but it needs to be island-wide. It needs to be island-wide. Because if people have family in Hana or they have family in Kula um, or family in Paia, like they want to be with their family and their family should be fair compensated for putting up their family. And that goes back to our previous conversation is it needs to make sure that if you have a tenant selected already, not a pool that you pick and choose from, which is a civil rights issue, but if you have somebody, you already have a relationship you should have the right to pick them. And it sounds like FEMA's catching up to all of this, and we just got to see how it plays out right now. On these crazy deadlines. <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> um, that was a lot of information. I want to take a break. Yeah. Talk and I want to hear you guys. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think our time's coming up, but I've learned a lot. I think the main thing it sounds like is if I'm an owner or uh, – person listening on the radio if i'm an owner or affected by the fire call you guys if i have if even if i don't have a fema number so i can get direction because you know there's so many things to do i've heard stories about so much paperwork and all that you'll if you don't have the answer you'll at least guide them and i think that's what i'm taking out of this and i hope our listeners take out of this just that if you're losing a place you need a place the simplest step to do is call the call them call the management company Clint and his team with Kevin and all that can direct you. Okay, this is where you need to go. This is what you need to do. Am I, am I understanding that correctly? You're exactly right. We're here to help our community. If you lived on the west side and you're displaced by these fires and you were a renter or you were a homeowner and you're trying to find a place to live, we'll take care of you on the tenant side. On the homeowner side, if you want to help people and you don't want to deal with all the rigmarole and BS and complications of FEMA, we're that middleman for you. And we're your on-island 
people that can facilitate. And what was that contact again? 808-250-0104. But an email does best, you know, if the people want to lay out their thoughts. It's management at gmail.com. Aloha, how it's spelled, rental, how it's spelled, and management, how it's spelled at gmail.com. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All Excellent. one word. Yeah, 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 obviously, one word. So uh, a couple things I wanted to add, uh, and, you know, we've been discussing this a while. This has kind of been um, a brainchild uh, that came out organically. You know, we, we've been trying to work many ways to deal and help with fire victims, you know, initially I wanted to work on creating a trailer park on island, you know, to temporarily house uh, people. And that became basically impossible because of how fire code is. And uh, even, you know, with uh, additional allotments for, you know, emergency housing, um, they are working, of course, with the emergency housing program. They have like 2.5 million to put Ohanas on people's properties. So that is a fabulous, you know, way to put, you know, a, a shelter on your home. If you have water, electricity, um, and sewer ready to go or septic system, um, you basically can apply for these funds and, and get these emergency shelters on property. Unfortunately, I'm not seeing really anything at scale. Uh, I have been working with some private investors to, you know, acquire land in order to put uh, hundreds of shelters on it. Uh, but that's been very difficult. Of course, we had the interview with the church and seeing all the great things that they're doing, but they actually have to individually sprinkle every single one of those units, you know, which is an amazing, uh, a very serious cost that they have to undertake. And of course, putting in an expanding sewer out there, um, uh, attacking this from multiple angles because there's properties out in Lahaina that might be good for putting in infrastructure so that we can put, you know, temporary shelters and then uh, at once Lahaina is cleaned, be able to move those shelters, you know, onto the lands, you know, that they're associated with so that they can rebuild their property. So this is kind of, we saw the opportunity to help and we jumped on it as soon as we could. I mean, this is something that has kept us up every night since the fire. I mean, it's it's hard living here and seeing your friends and your family homeless. And, and I've honestly been astonished how well many families and people have bounced back. It, it's great to see people come together, that our Ohana has been coming together. Uh, but there's only so many ways to help. And I find that incredibly frustrating. You know, uh, government puts these kind of barriers in place and, and it's the hopes to protect. But, you know, some of these bureaucracies have really created barriers to housing for a very long time for a multitude of reasons. And we're starting to see some of those barriers uh, come down and, and more processes for building affordable housing. And that's what our whole goal is. You know, it, my family, you know, we helped initially fund Nahali Maui, which is a community land trust here on island, um, which is affordable housing in perpetuity. And we've wanted to see additional paths for uh, Nahali Maui. Um, additional funding. That's actually been one of the things that was so difficult about this fire. Uh, they had built a large uh, set of homes uh, out in Lahaina, and of course, all those have burnt down as well. So please, uh, if if there's ways that, you know, if you have land available and you want to shelter on it, you know, reach out to us as well. I mean, that's not something that we're going to help you directly with, but we can connect you with the right people. So always feel free to email us at aloha rental management at gmail.com. Um, 
if there's uh, opportunities that you see out there, uh, please feel free to brainstorm your ideas to us. Uh, if you know somebody that you know is is looking to help, email us. We're trying to connect people and and be a central connection hub on Maui. And and there's been so many people from you know uh, websites that have been created to connect homeowners to fire victims already. Uh, it's 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 great to see us all co to come together, but it's never enough. I mean, the scale of this disaster is massive. 2,700 families, which equates to something like 60, what, 700 people? Uh, just shy of 7,000. Yes, just shy of 7,000. It's it's a massive undertaking. So, There's another 1,000 homeless on top of that, which I just learned about recently, is they're not included in those figures, is yeah. the 1,000 homeless living in Lahaina are also a giant burden as well. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm, undoubtedly. So we're, we're there to help, um, and uh, we want to be there to continue to help and make sure Maui's people are housed. I mean, it's, it's how we heal together and what we've been working on, uh, you know, since as long as I've been alive. Uh, I've, you know, born and raised on Maui and, well, conceived and raised technically. Um, and I want to continue to try to give back to the community, and I, I want to bring out people. That's exactly why I brought Kevin onto the team, because he was, you know, feeling really gutted. I mean... For the friends that we know to see them homeless has has been very difficult and and we're trying to do the best we can to to house as many people as we can so if there's anything that you think that can help contribute to this discussion if you see this like on a group on youtube on facebook you know you're more than welcome to put a comment down there or email us directly we will be there monitoring those. And, of course, you can listen to this and uh, all of our podcasts at MauiRealEstateRadio.com or wherever you listen to your radio, um, your podcasts. And, of course, this is on the KAOI radio group. Uh, we broadcast uh, 11 or I'm sorry, uh, 7 a.m. at 11.10 a.m. And the KAOI radio group, that's three different stations. And uh, if you have any questions about real estate, of course, you can always go to MauiRealEstate.net. That's our main hub and uh, our family website. And uh, of course, if you're specific about wanting to rent out your home, that's uh, a fantastic opportunity or have questions about that, definitely reach out to Kevin. You know, again, that's aloharentalmanagement at gmail.com. And I'm Clint Hansen with Maui Luxury Real Estate. Kevin? I'm Kevin Watkins. I also work for Maui Luxury Real Estate, but I'm the I'm the head of Aloha Rental Management. Thanks to working together with this wonderful team, um, and it's uh, Aloha Rental Management at gmail.com. Don't know how to make it simpler. <laughs> and Byron Yap, uh, yep. go ahead. Byron Byron Yap with American Savings Bank. Email is b as in boy yap y a p at asbhawaii.com. Aloha. Aloha.